living by faith or whatever you call it. I've got uh, uh, I've got three messages and I've got a different title on, on all three of them and it's all the same. Hallelujah. John chapter 8. Thank you Lord Jesus for your word. Hallelujah. It's just it just fixes everything. What's your problem? Well, Jesus is the answer. Let's read verse 8 together. Verse 30, excuse me, verse 32 of chapter 8. Ready, read. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Two things we looked at. You shall know the truth, and so the truth you know, the truth you know makes you free. You're free in the, whatever area of truth you know. And then, then the other thing we said was, is make you free as Jesus is free. Now that puts a new standard on it. Not just freer than you used to be, or not freer than, than your neighbor, or not, but for as free as Jesus. Now y'all know that's the ultimate. That's free indeed. That's free indeed. And that's what it says in verse 36. If the Son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. And that word means uh, it's, the word is really the, to mean clean, but certainly it does mean uh, of a truth. It'll make you free indeed, free of bondage. So uh, the, we, we looked at the word know, you shall know the truth. Now there's where, there's where the line is. Is well like, yeah, I know that. I know the truth. I know God uh, uh, paid for my sin, and I know that given it'll be given. And so... Uh, so I must be free. No, not necessarily. The word no there, we looked at it, it means to be resolved. It means to be resolved. So to know, to know implies a conflict that's been solved. You didn't know. Or you don't know completely. Sometimes you study something and you, you know, for a speech or a talk or something, and you think you know, and then someone asks you a question that you've never thought about. And so you thought you knew the subject. You thought you knew the answer. You, you thought you knew how that worked, and someone asked you a question. And all of a sudden you realize, I, I didn't know that. It means to be resolved. You shall know you have resolved the truth. You've looked at every little part of your life and said, what about healing? Well, I believe in healing. That doesn't mean you know anything. Even the demons believe and tremble. Uh, it means you've resolved it. It means also to be sure, to understand. And then it, we looked at this word, to know absolutely, absolutely, to the end of it. I believe we're all in there about heaven. We're, we're, we're not having conflict in this room about whether we're going to heaven or not. <coughs> Excuse me. It also means, this is our last one, an intimate understanding, an intimate understanding. So there's no fear. There's not just that we want God to be our supplier, so we're going to know that and, and get on his side. It means that we've dealt with every motive, every hesitation when it comes to giving, every uh, drawback like, well, you know, let me look and let me, let me look at the balance on my check and see, you know. You know, that's like ordering off the uh, right side of the menu when you go into a restaurant. You know, most people order off the right side. $32? No! <laughs> but I want that. Maybe you ought to stay off 32 Maybe Maybe it's fifteen ninety-five, and you're going, ah, let's get the cheaper chicken. <laughs> That's ordering off the right side. We, we're called to get it where we can order on the left side, where we know that we know. It doesn't matter. We just, we, we just say, I've got it in my heart to give $50. And you just, you, you look in there and you got $50.52. Woohoo, I got two quarters when I left. <laughs> it doesn't matter. How many times have each one of y'all done that where you went out the door going, I left all of me in there. I, I can hardly tell you. Or you even went home and said, I got to meet the bank in the morning. <laughs> I used to do that. I used to do that. Oh, my. So it's, it's to know the truth is to have what we call a conviction. A conviction in your heart. A conviction is a, an assurity. It's a knowing. It's an intimate understanding. It's a conviction. You can't be moved off of it. You know you're not going to rob a bank next week. You know we can't talk you into it saying, you know, they got lots of money. 
and they don't even know how much they have, and you, you just want a little of it, you just need a little of it, and you could do this, and you could do that. I mean, we, we, we're so far from that, we, none of us in here could even imagine that. That's so in another universe. That's how we have to come to the things of knowing the truth, where it's just like, that's funny. No, it's not even funny. I can't even, can't even get that in, that I wouldn't believe in healing, that Jesus wouldn't heal me that Jesus wouldn't supply for me, that Jesus wouldn't work my situation out. The truth you know will set you free. As soon as you're free, everything works after that. We're not thinking about hell. We're not even thinking about when we mess up. And we do mess up. We do sin. We do fall short of the glory in the sense of of, uh, uh, missing the mark. But we never attach, not in this room, we never attach hell to that. We never say, oh, I said that and I shouldn't have said it, or I talked about somebody and I shouldn't have done that. I'll probably go to hell. Now, that's in a lot of people's thinking. They don't, they're not free. But I know the truth about that, don't y'all? That Jesus solved the sin problem. And so I just repent of it and fix it, but I, there's no hell attached to missing the mark anymore. And there's other things that we'd say, I, I know that too. Well, we got to get it on everything. But there's a reckoning, there's a, there's a turning over in your life where there's an intimate understanding, where you hadn't just said, well, okay, whatever that say. My dad told me one time, I said, Dad, what do you believe then? If you don't believe all these things that I'm saying, you know, you say, what do you believe? And he said, son, whatever the Baptists believe, that's what I believe. <laughs> and I was like, oh, you don't even know what that is. Oh, he had a hearing aid on. He had a hearing aid, and he didn't turn it on when he went to church. Click. <laughs> oh, that's my dad. Hallelujah. Praise God. I shouldn't talk about him, but it's just funny to me now, so I'm not, I'm not disparaging him because I've been there. I was, I was at a time in my life I was there, and really everybody has been. Until you pass over from death into, into life, from darkness to light, everybody's been there. So, uh, uh so I, to know the truth, then, we, we resolved it, or I did. <laughs> uh, it's a conviction that cannot be compromised. It is just off the table. It's something that we're not discussing because we've settled it, and we put it away, it's done. It doesn't mean you have, don't have to revisit it. We're going to look at some things this morning about Abraham where he got it, but then he didn't have it. He lost it because there's the, there's the things of this world that come in and defy the truth. The lies tell lies. I mean, the liars tell lies and tell you the bad report is who you are and what you're going to have. So let me, let me visit something new this morning. I think we don't have this thing about faith completely down, about how faith works We know it's out there, but some people, a lot of people, I'll say most Christians believe that faith or prayer is a decision that God has in his office called incoming. There's the prayers that are incoming, and that he looks at each one. Ah, there's Garland again. Oh, my. Let's see what he's been doing this last week. And so he throws up the video and back, backs it up from today and said, oh, Garland, Garland, oh, Garland. You want this, base, and you've been there. And I, I shouldn't have said Garland, but you, he's, he's, he's good. He'll let me pick on him. And it's like, no, 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 no. You, you hadn't been that good. Now, we can get something used or something that's... Uh, but we, we're not doing new based on that. I know you repented, and I know you covered it with the blood, and I know you, you sorrowed with that, but still, how were you able to do it? And so uh, resubmit this and, and come back for less. I think we all, not we, but the church, has a thing where God makes a decision that it goes through his office, and it's uh, somebody, something's looking at it and deciding and so that's why we have a tremendous unworthiness out there. Because if you believe that, then you're not in faith. Because the faith, because what has God said, what God's deciding, it's all in here. It's not over there. It's not something that's, um, that's changeable. It's all in here. The promises of God are not yea and nay, but they're in him, yea. 
they're ours. And if it's under the blood, it's as if it never happened. Never happened. So the sea of his forgetfulness. He's fumbling around saying, what is the password to the sea of forgetfulness? It's around here somewhere, and God can't find it. Where is the key to this place? I want to look in there. He can't do it. There are certain things that God can't do. People say God can do anything. He can't lie, and he can't access the sea of forgetfulness, which means where he puts things that are under the blood. So your past, you can bring it up, and he's absolutely, get this, how can we do this? God really can't, does not what you, know what you're talking about. If you talk about stuff that's under the blood, he has no reference point. He has no file. He has no way to bring that up and say, what are you talking about? I'm showing this to be clean, cleared account, paid in full. It's in, it's in the sea. So, uh, so back to that. Faith is not that. Faith is believing. It's to know the truth. And operate on the truth. Last night we prayed and we said, let's pray prayers that God wants to answer. Wants to answer. Because we can have a confidence. Let me just uh, read this to you. It says, um, this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. Say, he hears me. He hears me, yes. And if we know that he hears me, hears us. Whatsoever we ask, whatsoever we ask, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. It just can't be more open-door policy than if you ask according to my will, you found it in here, not according to your sin, not according to your past, not according to how unworthy you feel. Uh, you didn't go to church last week. You didn't read your Bible yesterday. You let the offering go by this, this last week and didn't... Whatever's in your head's not in God's head. He said, if it's according to my will, count it done. I mean, paid in full. So if we get faith right, if we get our confidence right, we can say that faith is something that, is, that, that literally changes something in the, unseen realm, in the seen realm by accessing first, not that realm, but accessing the unseen realm. That what I do over here is the, is the uh, what do you call that? Uh, there's a major and a minor. There's the, uh, it, we access this realm and it controls this realm. Instead of trying to get another job to fix the money problem, instead of trying to say, well, I can't give this week because I got money troubles, or saying that I, we're going to do without because we got shortage, Instead of that, we just go over here to this realm that controls that realm, and we work it. Instead of working the bottom up, we work the top down. And so it's going to take power. Now, it doesn't take a decision by God. So many people think, they'd never say it, that faith is magic. That God just says, I grant that. And that he somehow has magic that just changes it. Oh, look what God did. It's magic. It's not magic. We do it with our faith through a system that's already set up. Now, if we go over here to the light switch, we access a, sw a system that's already set up. <gasps> Turn on the light switch, you go, oh, that's magic. Look what God decided to do. He decided to turn on the lights. No, it's a system that's already in place, and it's already there, but if you don't turn on the light switch, it'll be dark. But as soon as you turn it on, we access a system. Well, did God do that? He did set up the system so that the light switch, and it's always up unless you need an electrician at your house. It's always up, so we don't even have to wonder which way is God going to go. Just turn the switch up, and the lights come on. That's how faith is. You just access the system. It doesn't go to God's personal desk. And he goes, ah, here's Pam again with another one. She just was here. It's not that. But don't people feel that way? I, I messed up recently, so I won't be visiting the faith room for a while because I'm going to wait till God cools off or gets, forgets. Or, now I'm telling you this is unspoken, but it's so real. If, if, you, if you're not there now, and I trust you're not, you have been before, where we just like, he'll forget. <laughs> he can't stay mad forever. He's, he's long-suffering. He's not mad at any time.
Repented sin is gone sin. Confessed sin disappears. It's as if we never did. So we can go to him, and he would, I mean, you just killed the neighbor's cat or whatever. You just did a bad thing, but repented of it, and in 10 minutes you can go to him, and he says, I am so glad you're here with this petition, with this, I am so glad you're here. Because <laughs> we come by the name of Jesus. So it's, you know, we drove up in the good car or the good mode, and it's not us, it's us in him, and he's so glad to see Jesus, us in him. He's excited when you come to him. It's not like, ah, I better wait a week, so he, he'll go, Are you again? And, you know, you're here, really? It's just been two weeks with what you did. You're already here asking for a biggie? I don't think so. See, that's what, and you had that come. It came from people praying prayers that God couldn't answer and them taking the answer, the, 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 they took it personally, right? He didn't answer. Therefore, since God works on yes, no, and not now, it must have been a no or a not now. And I just, I can't fool around with God. I can't wait till not now. I have to have it now. Therefore, I'm going to go into the world. I'm going to go by my own strength and I'm going to get this done another way which then breeds a distrust for God and his word. But it's not yes, no, and not now. It's yes. It's yes. It's always yes. Well, I prayed and it didn't happen. There's a lot of factors in asking. God's a better giver than we are receivers. He's good. He's good, but you got to do it his way. You cannot go over there and pull on the fire switch and say, why didn't the lights come on? You can't, you can't come over here and, and you, know, you, just, you just can't do things. You've got to do it according to the kingdom or the system that's been set up. So we have to pray in the name of Jesus. We have to pray with a confidence. We have to pray with a... There's a lot of rules to the kingdom, and we all understand the rules in this place. We all... If you don't understand that green means go and red means stop, you've got to reckon your future. You go, well, what difference does it make? I want to go on the yellow. That's not the system. It's not made that way. And this is a system. And the amazing thing is, is it's hid, even though it's available, it's hid from the lost. You think somebody's going to come in here that's not born again or that doesn't know God, and they're going to start tithing? But it's in the Bible. They can read it just like you read it. And there's nothing special about the way you and I read it. But we believed. We, we first said, I'm in the system. They hadn't bought into the system. They don't know what that switch is on the wall. They don't want to. They don't want to do it that way. I'd just rather do it my way. Well, you're going to do with less and not on time and trouble. So to change something from the physical realm is going to require some sort of effort. For you and I to get in faith about something, to change the physical realm without just putting our shoulder to it, and saying, well, I need money, I'm going to go get a job, or I'm going to go borrow it, or I'm going to do without, or I'm going to uh, put it on my credit card, or I'm going to, you know, if you want to get out of the physical realm, you got to come over to the spiritual realm. you got to go over here to the unseen realm that does not have a confirmation. You can ask for a loan at the bank, and they'll say, yes, no, not now. <laughs> they will say, yes, no, not now. But you don't necessarily get a confidence from the unseen realm. You don't, you don't ask God, Lord, I'm asking you for some finances for a new car or another car. He doesn't boom down and say, yes, no, not now. He's already said yes. But you have to go to him based on this. You have to go. It says, what things soever ye desire when you pray, believe that ye receive them and ye shall have them. He says yes to that. But he doesn't say yes to a long story about, well, my brother-in-law got a new car and I'm feeling kind of poorly and I, I want to be able to keep up with him when I go see him this weekend. So, Lord, I need a new car. I got a good one, but, you know, no, 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 no. You got to go to based on the word of God, don't you? Which is absolutely sure, but you got to dot your T's or cross your T's and dot your I's. You got to turn on the switch. You got to push it up. So, I'm, I'm going somewhere with this, really. And so, uh, we're used to always just using natural means to change natural circumstances. That's why we go to work. Because they promise to 
to, if you lay down your life in one dimension, you can pick it up in another dimension. You show up for eight hours, they'll give you little green slips of paper at the end of the season, the end of the day or the end of the week. And, you know, they're not going to come work at your house for eight hours. You're going to lay down your life in one dimension, but you're going to pick it up another one. Then you can go to Publix and just, you, you can go to the deli and just, and just blow out. Or whatever, pay your rent. So, what we call working in this unseen realm is called living by faith. It's not even related to this realm over here, the physical realm, where, where you need finances or you need healing. It's, it's separate from that. You can't say, Lord, instead of doing that, I'll work over here. I'll go clean the church or I'll go witnessing. He doesn't, that's not it. That's not his system. That's pulling the fire switch up or, or uh, getting on the telephone saying, no, we need light. No, that's not how you access the lights. Turn the switch on after you've paid your bill. <laughs> Amen? So, you, I mean, it's, it's silly to talk about this, but that's exactly what's going on in faith, is people are saying, I don't want to do it that way. I want to do it my way. Well, we're not wired for that way. We're not, it's not set up that way. It doesn't work that way. It's worked over here where the physical realm, go to work and make your money, or go over here and sow your seed and receive the harvest. Or do both. You can still go to work. But really, going to work, if you get in the Word, is just to get seed to go over here in this realm. Because this realm over here is one-on-one. -on -one. You lay down your life in one dimension, and they agree to, for every hour or every job that you do, they will render you another form to, to give you for what you did for them. But really what we're doing is we're laying down our life in that realm so we can go over here, because we know... If they give us $100, we can just go to Publix and buy $100 worth of groceries. But if I take my $100 over here, oh, where's the end of that? There's a harvest over here. It's not one-on-one. -on -one. Well, God says, well, you put 100 in, I'll be sure before you die to get you your 100 back. Press down, shaking together, and running over. God will send a check. No, God says, shall men give into your bosom? I'll cause things to turn like a high pressure and a moisture from the gulf and, and uh, you know, a cold. Like the weather changes, he said, I'll rearrange the unseen realm so that sunshine and blessing will come on your, on your life. I'll, I'll cause that. It, it's going to take a few days, maybe. Maybe. I'm going to say something that's pretty profound, but it might jilt you a little bit. But there is no faith apart from conviction. There is no mountain-moving faith apart from a conviction faith. Little faith does not give little results. You're either all the way in. In other words, turning the light switch up halfway does not give you half lights. You're either on or off. You're either pregnant or you're not pregnant. <laughs> you know, it's just, there's absolutes here. And so, I can bear this out, and I, you'll just have to trust me on this, and, and the Lord will show you. There is no faith that moves anything until you have a conviction. What did we say it was? A resolve, an understanding, an absolutely knowing, an intimate understanding. It's the truth you know that you are in conviction about that sets you free. Come on, y'all. We all would prefer, Lord, I'm just a starter, I'm a beginner, let me just, uh, I don't really want to invest in faith where you have to be convinced. I want to just kind of like, sometimes you do and sometimes you don't, so Lord, could you take that and give me sometimes you do and sometimes you don't? I can live with an upgrade, and the Lord said, we don't, we're not wired that way. That burns out the system. We, we, we're not wired that way. You come to me with the Word of God absolutely sure that the Word of God is the end of it, and you'll have everything the Word of God promises in that realm. You come to me with this kind of like, I think so, or I believe in my head, or I'd like it, or I have a preference, or I have a strong opinion. All those things that we looked at, God said, we, those coupons won't cash here. So why do people not get their faith answered, their prayers answered? This is it.
So it'd be better to get in faith like you are about giving here at River Church. You are in faith about giving. Everybody in here is in faith about giving. We're not, we're not saying, oh, the church, is, we need money. We're not saying, oh, you owe a debt. We're not, we're not doing any of that because none of that's true. We're saying this is, this is a harvest field and the tithe is uh, lordship. The tithe, the tithe is not finances. The tithe is lordship. When you and I bring our tithe to the Lord, it says of him, you are Lord. It doesn't say anything else. It does a lot of things. We take the calf that's on the altar, and we, we come in here, and we butchered, and all the priests eat. That's what they did with the tithe in the Old Testament. They literally, you brought your turtle dove in, you brought your, your ox in, and, and we burned it, we, we cooked it, and then all the priests and their families hauled it to the back. Put it in their refrigerator. And you go, well, that's not right. It was holy. It was holy. God, you, you, made, you made God Lord of your life, but then it also bring you all the tithes into the storehouse that there might be meat in my house. That's where that comes from. So the priest, the house was furnished because the Levites were the one tribe that couldn't work. They, they all couldn't, they couldn't, hold, they didn't have their own section of land. They were the priests. So the people brought their tithe into the storehouse, and it, it furnished the priesthood. It's still that way today. It's still all about lordship. Well, you know, we got a big, big bill coming up. we got a big electric bill coming up or whatever. Y'all need to, y'all need to give. That, that should never come up. And it doesn't here. And I tell you, there's been a lot of times over the last 20 years that there was a big electric bill coming up, and we just don't talk about it. Because either he's Lord or he's not. And he is. Now, we've done things about speakers. You know, y'all can give and stuff like that. But that's obvious. Sometimes we're just talking to people that have just come in the door, and they don't know about lordship, and they don't know what's going on. So we encourage them to give and get involved. But it's not about you. So there is no faith that changes your life that's not a conviction-based faith. You want to get healed? you got to have a conviction. doesn't mean you have to have long years of understanding. Children can have conviction-based faith. Tell me that's true. They believe. You can be young in the Lord. I've been young in the Lord. Have y'all been young in the Lord? Yeah. Where we didn't know that God wouldn't. And so we just said, yeah. That's why I say these Bible studies, these little home groups, the people that come into them, you tell them God always shows up at our Bible study and God always takes hold and does something. Everybody in the room believes because it's true. And everybody says, well, I'll sit in the chair. Lay your hands on me. And I've never seen it not work. I've never seen it where they got up and say, nothing happened here. They always. Whereas in a church setting, for some reason, it's way more challenging. It's not different. But, you know, we're going on Bible where they didn't have church services. So we don't have a precedent to say, well, look at what it says in Acts. They went to the New Testament church, and this is what they did, and this is what they got. That stuff's all kind of just mixed in there about the kingdom and how the system worked, but it never talked to, about what went on in home groups, what went in the corporate setting, the ecclesia. We just have to make a ritual or a culture or a pattern and say, well, that worked. Let's put that into our system because that works. And right now in America, we meet on Saturday, a Sunday because it's a cultural thing. But God, God's not into Sunday. America's into Sunday. But you go into other cultures, and they'll, they'll meet on a different day. It doesn't matter to God. He just wants you to have a Sabbath. He wants you to have a time set apart for him, and it could, it could work anyway. So we work Wednesdays. You can do anything. But the culture used to be set on Wednesday night. It's not anymore. Did you all know that there's nobody deferring for Wednesday night services? That, they take no account of that. And it's been that way for a long time. Well, let me move on here. Uh, the, I do have faith is the dominating force in the unseen realm that affects the seen realm. You want your scene to change? You want your physical life, your, your marriage, your money, your body to work? You can have herbs and vitamins and you can eat just right and you can exercise and you can, you can uh, uh, breathe clean air. All those things that affect the physical realm. 
you can go there, and, and the, Bible, the Bible does say that exercise profited a little bit, and it's, so it's talking about everything, vitamins, everything that's in the physical realm. You can go there, and we should. We should, we should do better, I'm sure. I'm speaking to me. I should do better. Michael, do better. <laughs> but but that is, that's always going to have challenges. You'll find yourself having to pray for the doctor and pray for the hospital. And, you know, and listen, I'm in faith. I'm in faith about these things, but I wasn't able to keep all in my household because that realm is fraught with the, that's where the devil is. That's where this, that's where the curse is, is in this physical realm. He can touch that realm, but he can't touch this realm of faith over here. He can't touch that. That's personal. That's intimate. That's his word. There's no side doors that the devil can get in. There's no side doors where the curse can get in. That's just that thing is sealed. So if I'll go there, I don't get a confirmation. I've heard your prayer, and it's coming on Tuesday. You know, we, oh, thank you, Lord. I, that makes me feel a lot better. You get none of that. No memos. So Thursday comes and goes, and or two months come and go. And the time lapse, that's hard on this realm. You know the boss says, you ain't getting a raise. Matter of fact, I don't know if we're going to keep you another month. You know, that realm is more sure. This realm is not as sure to the physical realm, but it's the one that never moves once you get it right. You shall know the truth. So we got to know this realm. You want to finally rest? You want to finally be free? you got to get in this realm, this faith realm. You got to get there. Well, I want to know some things. That's the realm where you got to know it by faith. What do you got to know? You got to know that he's true. This is it right here. He said, by his stripes, you were healed. That's better than the doctor saying, we got a new procedure that's 100% accurate. It works every time. I'd go with this. Amen. So turn with me to Romans chapter 8. I, you know, I just want to help all of us. I just want to help us think right, because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So we, we got to get this thinking right. You, you'll chase the wrong thing. You'll be chasing. It'll be turkey season, and you'll be out there shooting at a big buck, and they're going to come get you. you got to know the rules. you got to know where you are. In chapter 8 of Romans, it says in verse uh, 11. No. Yeah, 11. Here's a principle. If the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead. So let's stop right there. Let's think about this. There was, it wasn't magic when Jesus was in the bowels of the earth and he whipped the devil and he whipped him legally. It's a legal thing. They didn't, they didn't draw out their swords and clang, 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 clang. It was a legal battle. The devil says, I got you, son, I got you. And Jesus said, I've committed no sin. You, 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 you this is a... Uh, you, you've arrested me illegally. You can't hold me. And Corinthians says, if, if the devil had known, he would not have crucified the Lord of glory. He didn't know the truth. He didn't have an intimate understanding of how these things worked, even though he could read the Bible just like everybody could. He didn't have an... So it says, if that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead... So there was a work... Jesus is in the bowels of the earth... And the Spirit of God reached in. There was a display of what? Of power. The most, the most, uh, the most grand display that's ever been released. It was beyond the creation, which is pretty big. Pretty, you know, suns and universes and, 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 and he raised Jesus from the dead. So there was an exercise of power that went from the source of power and that was focused into a situation and it overpowered the legal system and the physical system and it changed it by, a, by this intervention. The reason I say that is because that's exactly what you've got to have every time you want to change this seen realm. You have to have an intervention of power. Make no mistake, it's not asking God, God, could you flip the switch for me? Could you twinkle, twinkle, little star or abracadabra? Could you do this? Could you, could you have favor on me? And, and, you know, I won't ask for a long time. I promise this is the last time. If you'll do this for me, I won't do this and I'll do that. 
It's ne- that's the wrong system. You're, you're, pulling on the, you're pulling on the shade cord trying to get the lights to come on. And they're not connected. He does not take promises that says, I'll be real good and I'll serve you if you'll do this. That's not it. Y'all say amen. It's just you can't. You, he already loves you more as much as he can ever love you. And he's already on your side as much as God could be on your side. He's totally in. So there's no, no like, God, I'm wooing you to come over to my side. He's totally in. He's moved by the blood of Jesus. There's nothing you can say to get him to move closer or faster. He's totally in. So there's a legal thing. If he can't intervene, it's because it's a legal thing. And we have the power to change the legal. It's called faith. You know the word. You're like a lawyer. You know the law. You know how it works. You don't pull on the light, the, the, the blind cord to turn on the lights. You go over to the switch and you turn it up. And you're not even amazed when the lights come on. None of us were amazed this morning when we turned the lights on at your house. Nobody went, whoa, new thing, whoa, what's that? No. We're in faith about our lights. And we got to get in faith about our word. Like we're not even surprised. I lay hands on the sick and they recover. Well, how often? Every time. Every time power is released. Power is released. Now, they can, they can shield it and bounce it off and say, I don't want it. I won't take it. I'm going to. But it went out and it went in. You've got to have that light switch thing that says, this is what we do in America. We turn on the little white switch and boom. And we're not even amazed. If that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, we got to get that. What power dwells in you? The same power that raised Christ from the dead. Can you say, whoa? <laughs> whoa, the same power? That was the most mighty power that's ever been released. And where is it now? Where is the reservoir? Where, where, God, where do you have this thing stored? I put it in the church. I put it in the body of Christ. When they got born again, boom, infused with the power that raised Christ from the dead. If it does, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies. That's the physical realm. By his spirit that dwelleth in you. Oh, God, we're praying over on the far mountain of heaven that somehow you would look down and come down. He said, no, I'm already there. I'm inside of you. You know, about where your, your navel is, your belly button. That's about where I am. I'm in this part right here. Not up here. I'm in this part right here. The belly of a man. That's where he is. The temple of the Holy Ghost. So we're not praying, oh God, that dwelleth far away in heaven up on your throne. No, I've moved in. I'm close. Just turn the switch on and I'll take care of this. It's way better than any of us know. We're saying, God, we need an upgrade down here. And he said, y'all are so upgraded, you can hardly even understand how good I've already got you. Amen. So, this word quicken, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies. I looked that up, and it, the word literally means to be born alive. It's, called, it's talking about a live birth. But it also means uh, to make alive. It means resurrect. That which was dead, becoming alive. So, God's not making any decisions from heaven saying, you know, based on the law of averages, you hadn't had a good up, you hadn't had anything good happen, and I'm feeling like the all law of averages, we ought, to, we ought to do something good in every believer's life just to keep them encouraged. So even though you're a dud, you're, 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 you don't, you're nothing special, I'm going to do something really special for you. That never enters. You can go all your life without anything special from God. Or you can go every day with something special with God. So it's not up to God. Come on, y'all. It's up to me. It's up to me. I can turn on the lights all day long. And the power company never calls and says, you've been abusing the system. You turn them on all the time. You slept with them on the other night. Yeah. Come on, y'all. We're special in him. So let's look in Romans 4. Let's see if i got time for this. 
Y'all know I said that for fun. <laughs> of course we got time for this. But this is what we're here for. <laughs> Sit down to lunch and say, do we have time for this? Yeah, we do. Okay, let's look at Abraham. I want to just make this correlation about where you and I've been and where and what God thinks about it. It says in chapter 4, you know our faith chapter about him. And let's start in verse 13. So he's picking up here. He's talking about Abraham and the promise that he made. He said, for the promise, verse 13, for the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law. So he didn't just, just say, you have been so good, Abraham, I'm going to have to use you. But through the righteousness of faith. No, Abraham wasn't that good in the law, but he believed. Now, let me, you know, it's not going to be different for you and me. God, I've been so good. I think we deserve something special down here because I've been so good. I don't sin like other people sin. I go to church. I, no, it's what you can believe. He's not impressed by what we do. That's that physical realm. He says, but through the righteousness of faith. Let's go to verse uh, 16. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace. What springs grace loose in your life? Believing, having that knowing the truth. I know, I have an intimate and absolute understanding that it might be grace. To the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. And here's the promise, as it is written. So a little Old Testament here. I have made thee a father of many nations. Now, I'm going to tell you this morning that Abraham had a specific promise, but you've got a specific promise. By his stripes ye were healed. It's no different than I have made thee a father of many nations. It's just as far away from you as it was for him. He was old, and, and, and uh, Sarah was barren. It wasn't going to happen in this realm. There was no potion, herb, or, or uh, nothing they could do to make that happen. And there's nothing you can do to make you happen in that realm. I have made the, before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead, and calleth those things which be not as though they were. We can't go there this morning, but it's just agreeing with God. Who against hope. Now let's get that word down. Hope. That's natural hope. That's the hope that's over here. Well, I found me a doctor that said he can do it. Well, I found a banker that says they, he'll loan that he'll loan eighty percent. I found me a you know a, 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 a brother-in-law that says he can get me on. That's this realm over here. Who against hope? He had no hope. He was hopeless in that initial realm. It says who, who against hope believed in hope. What did he do? He got out of that realm and got over here to the realm where God had said, "I will make thee the father of many nations." Yeah, he said, I got hope in that. I don't have any hope in my fertility and my prowess and my, my systems working to bring forth the son. But I got this word over here that God Almighty said, I will make thee a father of many nations. It's kind of like saying a man with a one-legged man is going to run the marathon and win. It's even beyond that, but it's along that line. And it says in verse uh, uh how did he do it? According to that which was spoken. So how's it going to be for you and me? Come on. According to that which was spoken, by his stripes ye were healed. He became poor that you through his poverty might be made rich. Well, God, it don't seem like it. I don't have any kinfolks that got money, and I don't have any, you know, no way, no path. Yeah, that's right. Against hope. And being not weak in faith, look, look, he considered not his own body. That, that's where he was. He, but you could put your money in there. You could put your, your uh, kids in there. But, but it was his body. Now dead, which he was about 100 years old. Neither yet the deadness. Look, look, Sarah was the problem. You know that Abraham had seven. He married after Sarah was gone. Her name was Keturah. He was a hundred and, I should have looked this up. He was 120, and he lived to be 147, and he had a bunch of kids with her. Did y'all know that? Abraham was, 
<laughs> he was the man. <laughs> but Sarah had a problem, the deadness of Sarah's womb. Well, it was their problem because you can't bypass her. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. That's what we did this morning. We just, gave, we just said, God, we're thankful for things we hadn't even seen. And being fully persuaded, that looks like that word that says, ye shall know the truth. Fully persuaded. He was fully persuaded. Ye shall know the truth. I am sure I'm going to heaven. Y'all sure you're going to heaven? Of course you're sure. I am sure that my seed this morning, this morning, 10 bucks in the bucket, never see it again. I won't even know they received it till the end of the year. And I get a little report and I see my 10 bucks there on, on October 29th or whatever. Yep, they got it. They put it in the bank. It's, it, they did what they said they do. I am sure that seed is out there saying 30, 60, 100 fold. It's speaking to the system. And saying, I am here to dominate. You think I'm $10, but I am a seed sown in faith. And I rule and reign. I give seed again to the sower and bread again to eat. I am a flow through. The wealth of the wicked has been stored up for this $10 to access back to the sower. If you don't think like that, you'll think you're $10 short. Verse saying, he made me rich. This is as good as it's going to get for a while. It is so powerful, you just can hardly stand not to just empty out your purse and just go heal, lay hands on everybody. But we'll, we'll go on till you, before you leave. And therefore, uh, being fully persuaded, 21, what he had promised he was able also to perform, and therefore it was imputed unto him under righteousness. So let's go back to Genesis chapter 15. Here it says that he was fully persuaded, that he considered not his own body, that he uh, staggered not at the promise of God. Y'all got that? That means the moment that he heard God's word, he was perfect to the end. Mm, maybe not. Maybe not. Genesis 15. Just if you're thinking you can't keep up with Abraham because he was so perfect and never flinched, let me remind you that he had a little, he had a little time lapse to go through too. It says in chapter 15, this is where it all came from, verse 1, it says, And these things, after these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am your shield, I am thy shield, and thy exceeding great reward. And Abram said, O Lord God, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless? So right there, there's the point of his need, isn't it? And, and the reward of my house is, uh, and the steward of my house is this uh, Eliezer of Damascus. He's just a servant. Abram said, Behold to me, thou hast given no children. And lo, one both born in my house is no, and, and lo, one born in my house is mine heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him. Now you go, I hadn't got any word of the Lord. You know, we got a book of it. Come on, y'all. This is more real than Jesus coming through the wall and saying, by my stripes you were healed. That is suspect. That is suspect. A vision, a dream, an apparition, that is suspect. This is not suspect. This right here is more real than Jesus appearing to you. Now, I don't want to discount that. If you can get that, <laughs> buy the ticket, get in, <laughs> come early. But you can go all your life without that if you have this. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven and tell the stars if thou art able to number them. And he said unto him, look, look, so shall thy seed be. Wow. And he, and he believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. So here we see that he counted it to him for righteousness. Abraham's in. He's in. He's fully persuaded. He's never been tested. This just happened. This just happened. How many of y'all know that when, you're, when it just happens, you receive the promise, you're excited. Woo-hoo, I got it. I'm healed. My bill's paid. Kids are coming home. But then there's the time lapse. There's the devil. There's the curse. There's mean people that bring bad reports. 
and all of them come into your soul and go to war. So let's look in chapter 16, uh, verse 1. It says, now, now Sarah, Abram's wife, bare him no children. Now, this wasn't talking about the next day. Because, you know, to, to have a record of not getting any children would have to take a year. And she had a handmaid, an Egyptian, whose name was Hagar. And Sarah said unto Abram, Honey bunch, behold, now the Lord hath restrained me from bearing. Y'all see that lie right there? Unbelief. Well, the time lapse proves something. Doesn't prove anything. If you're living over here in this realm and you didn't get a job this year, you're broke. But in this realm, you're funded. As restrain me from bearing, I pray thee go into my maid that maybe I shall obtain children by her. Now look, look, look. Here it is. Bad, bad. Abraham hearkened to the voice of Sarah. That's how, that's how it's going to happen, y'all. That's how, come you're, that's how you're going to miss it in your faith is there's going to be a lie. Hath God said that we shouldn't eat of the fruit? So somebody's going to say, you fool, get you, get over there and do this. Get out of that unseen realm. Get over here where you can make it. Am I right, Justin? Because nothing's happening in the seen realm. But it's working overtime in the unseen realm. Okay, let's go to chapter 17. So right here we see that Abram was not fully persuaded. He, he was staggering at the promise of God. He was having a bad day. Romans says he, he didn't have a bad day, but it didn't tell all the story. It told the end of the story. And thank God for the end of the story. And people to see your story and say, whoo, look at that woman of faith. Look what she did. Well, she might not, they might not have seen Five years of your head going to battle and this happening. And, you know, if you listen to Mary, if you look at Mary Fran, Fran Varallo's testimony about her daughter just all but dying and going to the hospital and her never leaving her. And the doctor saying she is, she is gone, she's dead, she's everything. And Mary Fran pounded it and got her out. But it took a long time. Verse chapter 17. We, we won't stay much longer. Verse 1 says, And when Abram was 90 years old and 9, this happened, this all started at 75. So 24 years. Can you all add that up? That's, you know, you got to live to be 147 or you're going to be, you know, we're all done. And the Lord appeared to Abram. Long time, no visit. Notice that. What was, what was Abraham supposed to do? Just live on the word that God gave him? Or does he get a visit every six months? Just want to let you know that the word was true. That was really me. I'll be back in six months to let you know. Nothing. Because he had the word of the Lord. And I'm telling you, that's all, you, that's all you're going to get. God is not going to sustain you with little, little pettings and little uh, encouragements. You're going to get all of it from the word. This is going to help us today. And he said unto him, I am the almighty God, El Shaddai, the one who overrides natural law. Walk before me and be thou perfect, and I will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. So after 24 years, God comes in and does a repeat. And Abram fell on his face and God talk, and talked with him. God talked with him saying, as for me, behold, my covenant is with thee and thou shalt be a father of many nations, repeated the promise. Neither shall thy name anymore be called Abram. So here we're fixing to get an upgrade. God will encourage you. But thy name shall be Abraham. Now, it's translated Abraham in the English, but the word means multitude of nations in the Hebrew. He said, your name will be multitude of nations. So it's just like we were given a name, changed our name from Barry to, to uh, winner of many souls. So from now on, you know, we, we go down the list of members and we go, Smith, comma, winner of many souls, married to Melissa Smith. <laughs> Who's your husband, Melissa? Winner of many souls. That's how it was with Abram. He got changed his name. And, and God changed her name too. And I will make thee exceeding 
fruitful, and I will make nations of thee. How old was he? Verse 1, 99 years and nine, and kings shall come out of thee. Wow. It just seems like God means business with his word, that we quit way before he quits, which he never quits. Unless we change it so much, you know, where, where it can't become valid anymore. Now, one more scripture, and that's in Hebrews chapter 11. You know what's going to have to happen for Abraham? You know what's going to have to happen for you and me? What happened with the stars in the sand? He gave him a graphic demonstration of the breadth of this promise. He didn't say, well, it's going to be, I'm going to give you one, and he's going to have three sons, but they're all going to have girls, and they're, you know, it'll all be lost. He said, sands of the sea, stars of the sky. He said, that's who you are. Just so you don't get this thing like you did with Hagar and get it down on a different level. Well, God must mean this, and God must not have meant that. He said, let me be clear, stars and sand. Let me be clear, this isn't, this is, I mean it. God, so how could you extrapolate that into something like, well, no, that's it. And it says in uh, Hebrews, so how's, how's it going to work for you? How are you and me going to get a conviction about anything, let's just say healing, so that when, whenever you come into the presence of anybody, you are acutely aware of their need, whether physically or spiritually, you know they have a need, and you are so confident you will accost them, confront them, and say, ma'am, I see that you got this. Can I pray for you? God wants to touch your life. And you're not embarrassed at all. And you sure don't, you don't put a disclaimer that says, Some, sometimes, you know. And, and it's not wrong for their sake to say, you know, I pray for a lot of people and sometimes God heals them. But you know inside, yeah. Let's look in chapter 11. I'm giving you the end of the story. See, we, we start out in Hebrew in Romans where it says he staggered not at the promise of God, but we went back in, in Genesis and found out he did stagger, but at the end he did not stagger. He, he went through a process of refining until he got to the place where the Bible says he staggered not at the promise of God, was strong in faith, giving glory to God. How did he get there? How did he get from, well, there's nobody in my house that can do this. I'm Anybody ever been there? Oh, God, it's been, it's been two weeks since you promised. <laughs> Put on 24 years and see if you're still around. And see, that's, just to give you a side note, that's what drives me, and that's what drives River Church, and that's what the promise is for Tuscaloosa. It looks like that. But God said this over here. And when he says that's enough, then we'll all go to the house. But until he says it's over, we got 24 years to walk this thing out until we're just up with Abraham. Do you understand what I mean? It says in verse uh, chapter 11, let's, uh, where am I? Verse 8, verse 8. It says, uh, by faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which she, he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out, not knowing whither he went. This is talking about early. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise, in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Now here it is, verse 11. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength. So here we have the proof that she got in faith, because she was the one that was barren. You can't make babies with one of you not working. Y'all know biology 101. And was delivered of a child when she was past age. Why, Lord? Because she judged him faithful who had promised. Right there. That's all of us. There it is right there. Now, I judge this light switch to be faithful. Well, look at that. I knew what I was doing before I did it. And we got to get where we judge him faithful. By his stripes, ye were healed. That's as, that's as dependable as the light switch. I say it's more dependable. 
And I have total confidence in this. I have never seen it not work. He, she judged him faithful who had promised. The Amplified says, reliable and trustworthy and true to his word. I say that God is reliable and trustworthy and true to his word. The New Living says she believed that God would keep his promise. Let's say that first person. I believe that God will keep his promise. Again, I believe that God will keep his promise. Now, this is going to change your life. It's nothing you didn't know, but it just screens out a bunch of junk that's trying to work against you. The, the cotton patch, you know, you've got to have a little... A little <laughs> says... She was sure all along that God would carry through on what he had promised. So this thing about Isaac to get the Messiah in was always God's will. Would you all agree with me? Now, I don't know that Abraham was the first one because the Bible says that God chose him because he knew that Abram would command his household after him. It's in Genesis 18. So he might not have been the first choice. He might have said, you know, I really wanted Leroy to do this. But Leroy, he, he could get it for this generation, but he wasn't going to teach his Isaac. And I, I, we were going to lose it. But he said, Abram's a guy that's going to pound it in Isaac to such a point that he'll say, Isaac, I will cut you off if you do not put it in your sons, Jacob. And Jacob, you're going to have to make him swear that he'll put it in his 12. You know the story. So that it'll go forward. That's how Abraham got chosen. That's how you and I got chosen. I got chosen for this because of some things that I believe. I, I, there's just some attributes in me and my whatever that God, I will go the distance. I just won't quit. Some of y'all are that way. I guess all of y'all are that way. It's just like, we're not done till we're done. We're not going to the house. So, even though it was the will of God, there was no power to conceive until somebody got in that, ye shall know the truth. And the truth will make you conceive. The minute that Sarah said, I'm judging him faithful, boom, things that had been there all along suddenly came alive. If that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, he shall quicken your mortal body. She believed, and all of a sudden she got over into that supernatural realm where the, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead raised her body to conceive. Power was transmitted, but she was the switch. The light's not coming on in here until someone turns on the switch. We can sit here and say, it's dark, it's dark, it's dark. God, don't you see that it's dark? He's going to always say, turn on the switch. Well, God, I want you to do it. <laughs> We're not wired that way. He put a switch on the wall, said, you turn on the switch. You turn on your faith. You get where you agree with me. Because if you don't, you won't know what happened when I do it. You've got you to be totally tied into me. So here's the key. You and I cannot be moist with faith. We have to be saturated with faith. We've been moist. Well, it's a little humid in here with faith. We've got to be underwater. Where it's like everybody in here says, the sun won't come up tomorrow if God doesn't heal this. If God doesn't supply, gravity will quit. It's just, it's just more likely that gravity will quit before, before we don't get our prayer answered. Did you hear me? You go, well, I, that, you know, it's not that good. Yes, it is. Gravity is less dependable than God's Word. The sun is less dependable than God's Word. You got to get that in here. It's like, there's just one thing. So, you gotta, you got to meditate. you got to have a sun, stars and sand experience. Well, it's not likely going to happen that way for you because there was no word, word back then, but we got the word now. So, I just brought this for an example. you got to live in something that tells you who I am. I, I was reading out of this morning. Jesus is the Lord of my life. Sickness and disease have no power over me. Listen, when you say that, Something worse than that has to, more powerful than that has to come by and say, that's not going to happen. 
Uh, I am forgiven and free from sin and guilt. I am dead to sin and alive unto righteousness. If you say that every day, there's something going to go on. Uh, uh, Jesus bore my sins in his body on the tree. Therefore, I am dead to sin and alive unto God. And by his stripes, I am healed and made whole. Now, this is, I'm not advocating this book, but something has to come in and paint a new picture in you that says sometimes he does and sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes I'm strong in faith, sometimes I'm not. Sometimes he just doesn't get my email until I've already gone another way. And you've got to change all of that and say, bless God, when I turn the switch on, the lights are coming off. Amen. Now, I wrote this down. Every bondage is the place a lie is believed more than the truth. Now, just think about it. I hate to tell you all this about myself and you. But everything that's not right in our life is simply because you don't believe the truth. You believe on the truth and about the truth and with the truth and you love them that love the truth. But it's not an intimate, undeniable truth. You shall know the truth, Jesus said, and that truth will set you free. So anybody in here want to commit with me this morning to know the truth? This is October 29th, 2017. We got plenty of time for the rest of our life. If Jesus comes this evening, we will have been right until he got here. So let's just stand up together and let's just commit ourselves. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord, that your word is true. Lord, forgive us all for denying the word the place of truth and honor that it has always held. Lord, forgive us for unbelief. Forgive us, Lord, for being lackadaisical, lukewarm, just not very interested, Lord. We know about the truth, but we haven't been meditators of your word till we knew the truth. So now, Lord, in Jesus' name, now you say it out with your mouth as I'm saying it with mine. It, that's what counts. Lord, I'm changing today, and I'm putting your word in day and night, night and day. I'm a meditator of your word, and I intend to do that until I know a truth, until that truth can set me free. I will not be satisfied that I know the truth. So, Lord, I'm changing today. I'm letting your word change me until I am as powerful on the earth as Jesus, the truth he knew, set him free. I will know the truth like he did. And I will not quit until I do in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It'll set you free first, and then the truth you know will set others free. When you've been healed, when you got a testimony, just wanted to let you know that I had this and that, and Jesus came along and just healed me completely, and he'll do the same for you. Boy, you got some power there. And then when you do it, they're going like, well, i got to go tell some people. So, Lord, we give you praise this morning. You're good. You're good. You've always been good. Lord, we, we, we hadn't been that good, but in you we are. And so we're changing today. Thank you for the grace to do it. Grace, grace, we lay hold in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, hallelujah.